0: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. Um, Joining with me um, via Zoom is my guest, Steve Haworth. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thank you. Steve spells his name H-A-W-O-R-T-H. And tell us how to pronounce that make sure we did it right. Haworth. Haworth. And um, Steve's going to share his story joining the church in September of 2020. Roughly at about age forty, um, as a gay now gay Latter Day Saint, and just his decision to um, why the church is the path that he's choosing right now, and and how he's navigating that, like some of you are, as an LGBTQ Latter Day Saint, and I think our prayers, this podcast will be helpful for you. Considering joining the church, or those that are you, of you that are. Trying to figure out if you're LGBT, or you know you're LGBTQ, if you can make your way forward in the church. And for the rest of us, leaders, parents, just allies that want to better support people. Um, Steve grew up, he doesn't have any ties to the church until he, he moved to St. George. And I'll talk a little bit about that and then getting connected with the church and his decision to join the church. Steve now lives in Montana. His father passed away and his mother is in Montana. Steve's mother is alive and still lives in St. George. And so what part of Montana do you live in, Steve? Um,
1: Ashland. It's a little town
0: uh, in
1: between a reservation.
0: (laughs) And we are recording this in November. So here's Steve left warm St. George. He could have spent all St. George in the winter. And now you're going to spend just like a good son. All of winter in Montana. So do you like the cold, Steve?
1: I do, yeah.
0: So you're okay with Montana cold?
1: Yeah, D.C. DC cold is, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be fine.
0: So, you know, I just, you could start wherever you want to start. I want to spend like at least, you know, half the podcast roughly once you got baptized into the church. And maybe the first half, 30 minutes, you know, pre-baptism. So I'll just kind of... Maybe that's a general gauge, but um, I'll just let you go for it, Steve. Okay,
1: so uh, well, maybe I could. Maybe I should start. Um, probably when I was a little bit younger. That's great. Um, so um, I grew up Catholic, um, and then I jumped into the Four Square denomination um, about maybe the age fifteen. Um, and I had known I was gay then um, and then i when I came out when I was a little bit uh, I was about seventeen, I think it was 16, 17 when I came out. Um, I had joined actually started studying with Joe witnesses and so um, when I left because of me being gay, they really shred they shunned me really bad um that like they never knew who i was they i'd see them at school they wouldn't talk to me they would they would come out they would even tell me they wouldn't talk to me
0: they so, wouldn't even tell you they wouldn't talk to you I like, that's pretty oh yeah yeah, yeah they statement. would yeah
1: they yeah i when i went to church i had to sit in the back of the the kingdom hall um and so it wasn't until i was 18 that I I I started doing websites um, for for people that were gay and, and Christian, um, and then I was living in Van Nuys, California at the time, and two missionaries came to. I don't even remember. All I know is they we had they had flip charts back then, um, and uh, I went through the study. Um but I just don't think I was really ready to really to i i didn't have I didn't have a testimony like I do now. Um, so I've always been really religious and I've always really been um, you know, there was always something missing, and uh, I just there wasn't a church I could really see myself in um, because, well, being gay. And in if if anybody knows any been to any gay churches, they're not exactly, there's a lot of drama and it's just not, it's like it's okay to do this, but it's not okay to do that. It's like you can't have your one foot, you know, one foot in and one foot out. You have to be all either in or out. And that's kind of how I felt. And so it was really hard for me to be affiliated with any organization because I didn't believe in the Trinity. I didn't believe that when I died that if, even if I was a bad person, I was going to go burn in hell. So I had a problem and I didn't know how. And so the only thing I could cling to was, well, Jehovah witness. And so I kind of went with that for a while. And, and then, um, you know, when I eventually, when I was living in DC, I had gone, you know, spent majority of my life in DC. Um, I end up getting married. We won't talk about the first one. We'll just talk about the second one. That's That's fine. the doozy. That's the doozy one. Um, I, there was just a lot of um, a lot of drugs.
0: It was really bad. And um, our listeners, for our listeners, I, we're, I'm assuming you're marrying a man because you're gay. Yeah. Versus yeah. trying so to in, make in, a mixed orientation. So this is a same-sex marriage. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah
1: so um so th- that's that that part's really a long story so it just came down to um that person kind of getting into some trouble there were drugs involved um, i got involved in it um, and it just wasn't good um we end up moving to his mom's house Mind you, I'm 39, what, 38, 39 years old. Um, I think 39 at the time. Um, and so everything was blamed on me. Everything was my fault. Um, you know. Um, and so I just came to the point where I had no place to go. And since my mom lived in St. George area, um, I ended up moving to St. George. Um, And that was in 2019 um, that I had moved there. It was, I want to say, because I started working at Staples in in probably May of 2019. Um, I was fortunate to transfer out there. So in doing so, I, you know, every corner, there's a church. Um, literally right around the corner from my mom's house was a church. Um, and I, uh, pretty much, I started asking coworkers questions. Um, a lot of them were, were members of the church. Um, it got to the point where I went to Deseret Book, which is right next door. Um, and I would go get literature. I would take it home with me. At night, I would read. Um, I picked up one book um, by James Farrell um, um, about forgiveness, um, uh, the Peace Giver. I think is what it's called. Um, it's not, no, that's not the one. It was about forgiveness, and it really helped me. It was the first. Um, book that i read that was written by a member and it helped me because of my the marriage that i was in because i had obviously moved got a plane ticket flew to saint george from washington dc um instead of on the streets i was in that i was literally at the uh um airport for 24 hours, waiting for my flight Mm -hmm. to fly out. Um, And so, uh, so anyway, that was the first book that I read. And that really helped me a lot in, in um, kind of getting a testimony of, of the gospel. Um, And so I tried to set up a meeting with the missionaries Um, of course I was too uh, impatient so I got online and I talked to sister missionaries and missionaries online and eventually got connected with the missionaries in my area Um, and you know and I told them that I was gay and I told them the situation and and that I was you know I kind of studied I you know started studying kind of I tried to start in the book of Alma that didn't really work out so well go read from the beginning to the end. Um, and so that's kind of where it kind of all started. Um, and then it was just a process. I would, would meet with the missionaries, um, every, every, at least once a week. Um, I would at, continue to ask questions to, um, uh, co-workers i don't think i started going to church until i think like august because i was afraid of going by myself i didn't want to go alone um i don't know i don't know why i just didn't i just it just didn't um um i just i didn't go until i think it was august of of september of of uh, might have been a little bit earlier than that but yeah
0: you're doing a good job Steve of telling your story um, the lots of questions come into my mind. Tell me about the reaction of the missionaries when you told them they were gay you were gay did they pull away did they was it neutral? were they supportive? Um, just talk about that part of your story
1: The first set were kind of um didn't pull away per se, but I don't know. I don't think they, they were expecting it. <laughs> Probably true. Um, I don't think they were expecting that part. Um, the missionaries after that was, I mean, of course I'm friends with, with them still. Um, and I, so the missionaries that came after them um, were totally totally accepting and totally cool. Um, and they actually think stayed the longest in my area. Um, probably cause due to COVID-19. So I was kind of fortunate cause they, even though I had moved to somewhere else, I was still in, still stayed in my old ward that I, you know, was going to get baptized in. Um, and so I end somehow end up moving and getting my own place and going back into the war in, into the war, well, the ward boundaries that that I was I wanted to be in anyway, the stake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of fortunate that I was able to, even though I went to a different ward, mm-hmm. I was baptized into the ward that I had originally started with, and then I went into another ward because of the ward boundaries and stuff like that. So it was kind of really awesome. So the missionaries actually after that we're really accepting um towards the time i before i left i i tend to scare people a little bit not scare them but you know uh make them feel uncomfortable and see see how far i can get um but like i said i i for the most part i uh a lot of people at the MTC knew about me. It was really weird. <laughs> That's cool. Um, you know, so I mean, it, I actually have had a really good experience, and hasn't it hasn't really been bad at all.
0: Um, you know, I wish in our mission prep classes, because all of our sons have gone to mission prep classes, that I don't think they've ever talked about how to teach an LGBTQ investigator. Um, so I, it doesn't surprise me the missionaries were taken back. I think is your words because there's been, it, unless it's been provided in the home, I'm not aware of any formalized training missionaries receive. Maybe at the MDC at this point, that you know the churches for LGBTQ people and this is who they are and this is what we teach about them. And uh, getting baptized didn't change your sexual orientation. I assume you, you walked out of the font, you were still gay. You're smiling. <laughs> And maybe in another, I, I'm being a little silly there, but there's probably some missionaries and some members that would think maybe that changes or maybe we can't teach gay people. Um, talk about when you say the second set of missionaries were, what did they do just to give you that feeling of being loving and accepting? This is sort of you, because obviously they taught the doctrine of our church. It's not like they created a new doctrine to help you feel accepted in our church. They taught the same things as all the missionaries, but there was something about them you just felt acceptance and love and support. Just talk about that.
1: I think, well, one of them had been out a little bit longer on his mission. And then the other one hadn't been out that long. And so between the both of them, they, you know, like I said, COVID kind of kept them together for a longer time. So I got to spend a lot of time. I mean, they hung up christmas decorations you know outside and you know we so we we got to um you know we we just we we built a really good friendship i mean you know um we they're both out of their mission now um one's married already um and the other one is going through school and and we we all talk um all the time or try to as, as, much as we can. Um, but they were always just, you know, I just felt comfortable and they kind of, they kind of understood, you know, obviously they didn't know how, how, how it feel, how I feel, but they could understand, um, if that makes sense. I, don't it does,
0: makes sense. And I like, just some of the things you're saying, like they, they were present with you and they weren't, didn't pull back. It sounds like they just treat you as a fellow human. Yeah. They weren't, uh, yeah, There was probably less homophobia that somehow they had to pull away or this was contagious. I'm being a little silly here, but some people might think, you know, I mean, they just saw you as a, as a human being and were present in your life and wanted to be in your life. It didn't sound like it was out of duty. It sounded like they were genuine friends and continued to be friends.
1: Yeah. If it, tell
0: us their names, give us just in case they're listening, or if you're if you're okay, give them a shout out. Um, uh,
1: so you have Ethan Olson um, and Nathan Hess, and I always get. So it's funny because I only, only I, I always call them by their last name because it's just easier because Ethan, Ethan and Nathan are just this weird. Um, but yeah, they well, we're, we're we're really good friends. We we talk all the time. Um, like I said, um when I got my endowment, um uh one couldn't go, the other one didn't get his uh his recommended time <laughs> but he met me outside <laughs> That's great. so it was really good to um and you know they both were there for my baptism um one of them baptized me the other one confirmed me into the church um and so they just you know they've just they've were just really good friends
0: um talk about um i think listeners have picked up just in your story that you're Deeply committed Christian, deeply believing in God, and trying to and exploring multiple religions to sort of find the right spot for you and and I think you referenced Jehovah Witnesses. You recommend may, may reference some um, very supportive LGBTQ face but none of those quite r- resonated with you. So it's not like you were coming from no perspective, um, and this was your first experience in any Christian religion, and so. With that perspective, and you're in your 40s at this point, or late 30s, talk with our listeners what's unique about the church. Um, what unique doctrine appealed to you or unique teachings? or, And then I'm going to maybe ask you a second question about being LGBTQ, just why it felt better to you. And maybe that's the same question, why it felt more of a home for you as a gay human.
1: Um. So the Book of Mormon was kind of one of the things that I I guess I I didn't fully quite understand. Um and so that was my that was one of the things I didn't understand. I didn't understand the Book of Mormon and it it wasn't until I guess the whole plan of salvation and listening and listening to the you know reading on the pre-mortal life um and how you know adam and eve yeah they sinned but there had to been a reason for them to sin because what do they induce in the garden be there all day and and just do the same thing repetitive so that you know there had to be something more to it and so that kind of um the mortal existence was kind of a big big part of it um but it was also linking the the Book of Mormon to the Bible, um, where when Lehi left and was told to leave. And and so that's kind of besides the doctrine of like the Trinity, that was the biggest thing for me. Um, uh, you know, I didn't believe in that. I didn't believe that, you know, when you die, you go to hell and you're, you know, fiery burn brimstone. So that that was kind of some some examples, um, and it, it wasn't until I, I think I really started studying and, and looking up YouTube videos about where Lehi went, and you know, you know Book of Mormon Central and and stuff like that, and and then I kind of you know praying about it, and, and things certain things happened, and and it it just kind of all fell into place.
0: Um. Thank you for that. And it's interesting, the plan of salvation really resonated with you, just this context of the premortal life and why we're here and where we're going, the Book of Mormon. And I remember my own missionary days, a lot of times when we teach things like about the Godhead as three distinct beings, a lot of people would say, well, I've always believed that anyway. My, my church doesn't quite teach that, but it's always resonated more with me. But sometimes it's like coming home where there's beliefs the church has, where you're not changing your feelings to match the church's beliefs. It's often what people have felt. And it's like coming home sometimes. Talk about, um, I think listeners are picking up, you're doing a lot of due diligence, um, and which is the way I think investigators are joining the church these days. They're not, your only source of information is not just what the missionaries are presenting. So when I served in 1980, in England, really, the only source of information the missionary, the members, investigators were getting were largely just what we presented to them, and perhaps their family and friends. But you have got the internet, and you've got YouTube, and so you're meeting with the missionaries, and you're sounds like you're doing a lot of due diligence. Talk about, and this is kind of leading to that second question: you're probably trying to figure out how the church feels about gay people. Um. I assume before you got baptized you wanted to get some understanding about that just talk to us a little bit about what you're finding out and that compared to other faiths that you've been aware of or involved with
1: um so I you know you you always hear people left the church because of policies and procedures that the, the church has stance on the the proclamation Um, it kind of bothered me at first um, but I had to actually really look at the whole picture and not just okay well the church's stance is that you know I can't marry another man or I can't you know have a loving relationship and stuff and it still kind of bothers me a little bit today but I've realized that you have to have faith because there's there without faith. um, And having a testimony, then you're, you know, what's the point. And so my decision to join the church was, was based upon me knowing that it's the truth and that, 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 um, that there is a living prophet, it is a living church. Um, you don't find that anywhere else. Um, the people are very friendly. Um, I tend to be quiet and shy a little bit, so I don't like to go up to people um, unless I know you. Um, I, you know, but I am, and when you get to know me, I'm very outgoing. Um, and so the church, you know people are very friendly. They're out very outgoing and, and, you know, non Um, and, you know, I defend the church on Facebook with some groups that I'm in and, and, you know, there've been comments that have been made by, by church leaders, um, in the past. And, and, you know, I'm trying to remember where that quote was at, but, um, uh, you know, there, there, there were comments made by, by church members and, and I kind of cringed and I heard them and I was like, oh, you know, and they kind of bothered me a little bit. And so now when I hear this person speak, um, he seems to be a little bit more um, sensitive when, when he's speaking. And you can tell that he's changed a little bit in the way that things that he, the way that he um, says things, um, and so and and people have to also remember that you know you know God's church is run by imperfect humans, um, and uh, and that so that's
2: kind of. That's
0: my take. It's a good take. I think it's a sustainable take um, where you're recognizing the restored doctrine that came through the Prophet Joseph Smith, the Book of Mormon, the plan of salvation, and the church that's making progress on better supporting its LGBTQ members. I think it's okay to acknowledge painful experiences and painful things that I have said. I've said some painful things. Leaders have said, I'm not a leader, but I, as just a rank and file member, I've said painful things that I would re- now cringe if I said them to myself. So I think that's part of doing better, but I think it's, I think part of healing and providing hope is just acknowledging painful st- and not calling you less faithful or less committed for recognizing that there's just. It, there's an institutional side of our church there's a human side of our church that just is working in this area um and i and you've done a really good job of navigating that talk about um your decision I, i'm asking a lot of questions so but if you just want to are the things right let me ask this question are the things right now you want to share
1: um you can ask me questions i so,
0: Talk about this panel you went to in St. George. Talk a little bit about that panel and if you were an investigator member at that point and what was put on and and your thought on that.
1: Um, I had been just baptized, actually. I had just been baptized and um, the missionaries told me about a panel discussion by um an institute teacher in saint george and so i went and it was about lgbt and it was um listen love and learn was the title of the because he he went and talked about mental health he talked about all kinds of different issues but this was this panel was about lgbtq and so then then you know it it just kind of changed my perspective a little bit i mean it kind of made me feel a little bit better but then it opened up more questions for me like okay well the plan of salvation is for me to be happy i'm not entirely happy because i can't i don't have i don't i want a relationship but i want a relationship that's you know that is a um that's faith-based, um, you know, that is, uh, you know, somebody that I can study the scriptures with, I can come do the, come follow me with that. I, it it sounds ridiculous. Um, but that's what I want. That's what I really, that's what I want. And so it just, all these questions and, and started coming that. I wanted, I needed answers to, And so I talked to, um, one of the brothers. He had gone through the temple. Um, he's, um, obviously younger than I am. Um, and so we became friends and then um, I met with the, the Institute teacher and him and I talked and him and I became good friends and him and I went for a long walk and he asked me questions and, and stuff. Um, about how I felt and what I felt about certain scriptures and, and what I felt about the policies and and stuff like that. And, you know, policies are policies, but scripture is scripture. Um, And so we just had this, just different conversations. Um, But it it definitely was an eye opener Um, and, you know, made me want to, um, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of organizations out there that are supportive of LGBT, but there's now organizations that actually talk about the scriptures that are most used against homosexuality. Um, and that's kind of, kind of where I guess
2: I kind of want to explore that part of it.
0: I love this panel. I think the panel members were LGBT. Um, I think that's best um, when we have LGBTQ members come and participate in panels um, versus allies. I've always deferred, tried to defer to LGBTQ. I love this Institute teacher, and you became friends. I love that you just went on this long walk where I sense he was safe for you to talk about everything in your heart. And I think. That's a principle of ministering and discipleship. And, and he probably doesn't have all the answers, but he's willing to listen to all the thoughts of your heart and and willing to learn from you so that he could do better as an institute director because he's got LGBTQ students. And I'll bet you helped him. And it and I, helps all of us just to feel understood and heard. So I love some principles in that whole experience. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about you're kind of a student of the old and new Testament and scriptures that talk about um, homosexuality is, do you want to address any of that? So sometimes people say Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of homosexuality. And some people don't feel that's true. We all agree if Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of wickedness, but to just pin that exclusively on homosexuality is um, something that, some faithful Latter-day Saints, I don't know, most, many, some do not agree with, while at the same time agreeing with the doctrine of our church. I don't know if you want to talk about any of that. You've studied that, Steve. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that.
1: Um, so, so, yeah, Genesis 19 is is one of those that, um, I guess even if you go back to the of law, um the jews were the israelites were were supposed to be god's chosen people and so one thing that i've i've kind of you know at through my personal study and in the past and it's not something i've talked to the church members except for one person uh, from the institute but um is that israel was given a certain they were he he they were God's chosen people. They were to follow 613 laws, um, and if they broke one of them, they broke all of them. So it, you know, so people like to use. Um, I think it's what Leviticus 18:22 against you know homosexuality. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah is another one. Um, that the word to know and I, I don't know i don't know hebrew and greek i only, only know what i've researched on my own or or have read uh, read other sources but um to know could mean many things it could be to have sex with it could be to just know um my understanding the custom in 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 biblical times in ancient times is that when people visitors would come into the city Um, They weren't treated so nicely. They were, you know, they were taken outside the city gates and they were raped. And so you have all these customs and stuff that people don't talk about um, that, uh, you know, with Sodom and Gomorrah, that they were just so wicked um, and that's why they were destroyed. And I think there's a there's a uh, I'm trying to remember where it's at there. Um, um, it's in Ezekiel uh, where it talks about that the reason why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed was not be, it was because of the, their sinfulness and and that they disregarded you know the needy and and um, I don't know exactly ex- exactly remember where where it's at um and then you also have New Testament and one one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 1 and in Romans 1 um, Paul um, people always like to quote only one part of the scripture um, and if you read the whole thing um, So some people like just to read Romans 1, um, and they use, um, uh, let's see, I think it's verse 26. For for this cause God, God gave them up unto vile affections, even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was met. And a lot of people like to use that, um, that passage saying that homosexuality is wrong. But if you go back and you read from the very beginning of Romans 1. And you read all the way up um, to um, to about verse twenty eight. I mean, even if it wouldn't hurt to read the whole chapter, it also talks about what they were doing in the the temple. Because back then, there was a lot of temple prostitution, and and Paul was calling them out on it. And I think people get that kind of confused with um, because Jesus never really said anything about homosexuality, which you know if he did, I think things would be a lot different, but he didn't say anything about it um, so there's there's no, numerous scriptures and, and I at some point at one someday I'll, I'll get them compiled um and and stuff but um Back then, in in Paul's day, that was one of the issues. Was the whole thing with the temple of prostitution and the things that they did, and they worshipped um, other creatures and they worshipped idols. And in the process of doing that, they were also doing these defiled things in in the temple. And so that's my take on it, and from what I've read and what I understand.
2: Um
0: and I, I just am glad to hear your feelings, Steve. Um, you've thought more about this than I have. You've dif- directly impacts you. I like to hear I think the the feelings of of gay Latter-day Saints on all these scriptures that that we point to um at times. Um I think it's fine to point to these scriptures and talk about them. I worry. And just have fact-based discussion like you're having right now. I think when we weaponize them and we paint broad brushes about Sodom and Gomorrah was completely okay, except you know, this it was just homosexuality that got them destroyed and everything else. And I think you do a good job of saying there was lots of things going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's not weaponize that in an emotional sort of way that just is not helpful to a fact-based discussion about what these scriptures mean. And so I think that's fine to, for me and others to hear, talk about this. You've obviously thought more about it affects your life. You're trying to make your way forward. I hope everybody senses that everything you're trying to do is faith based. Um, you're deeply committed to faith and wanting to have a relationship with the heavenly father and the savior. And um, you have never walked away from, you haven't, always been perhaps involved in organized religion but you've always been connected to god and i love your desire you'd love to have a faith-based relationship where you know you would not be following studying come follow me alone and um and so i just my heart goes out to you because that's you know my wife and i can study come follow me and watch those videos and those great lessons and you're kind of doing that on your own and there's a natural, normal desire for companionship just to share your life with somebody. And I think we can acknowledge that if you want to stay within the teachings of our church, that that's not an option. That's really available to you. Um, and we just, so we just try to help you belong and feel you're needed and acknowledge the complexity of your path. Um, and are grateful for your contributions and your voice. Talk about your decision to go to the temple. So I think people pick that up. You not only got baptized, but you decided to go to the temple and take out your endowment. Um, Talk about, just talk about that or anything else you want to talk about. So
1: I, I kind of, you know, with this whole thing with being, um, being gay and a member of the church, Um, I really wanted, one thing I did leave out is I wanted to, you know, um, I wanted to get my patriarchal blessing. (laughs) Um, that was the first thing I did. Um, and it, you know, not because I didn't grow up in the church, I didn't know what to expect. So I get my patriarchal blessing and I, you know, given the phone number to, to the brother and he's setting up a time with me and I'm like, okay. And so I, you know, we, we set a time up and I go over there to his house that I had the missionaries go with me at the time. Um, and so they got to, to, to be there. Um, and what was really awesome is that he doesn't know anything about me. He doesn't know my situation. He doesn't know. He, he barely knows my name. I mean, he knows my name cause I gave it to him, but he, he has no way he doesn't know me. So it was interesting. I, you know, cause I didn't know how long the patriarchal blessings were. I didn't know if they're like, you know, a page long or so, you know, my understanding is they could be a paragraph. They could be a page, a page and a half, it could be two pages. So it was really interesting. So I, I get my patriarchal blessing and I was just kind of like in awe um because it well it didn't say anything about marriage um but it it did talk about um not to turn down Collins. and it said that by my actions I would bring people to the gospel um and so that was the that was the first one um, besides getting the Melchizedek priesthood. So I got the Melchizedek priesthood first. And then um then I got my patriarchal blessing. And then I, of course, had to wait a year to get go to the temple. And I was trying to do this before I moved to Montana. So um they fit me in, they got me in to the temple, and I that was um well, that was maybe a month ago um, that I went to the temple and got my endowment. Um, and uh, there was a lot to take in <laughs> um, and stuff. Um, and it was just really awesome um, to be able to go there. But now I live two hours away from the temple. What was, awesome, so,
0: uh, what was awesome about it? Without I yeah, I guess you can't get into total detail, but just share with listeners what was awesome about it.
1: <laughs> it was overwhelming. Uh, I will say that. It was very overwhelming. Um, I didn't, you know, I obviously had somebody there to help me um go through the process and stuff. Um, um but it
2: was overwhelming. Um <laughs>
1: I I wasn't really I wasn't really like nervous. Um, I thought I was going to be, but I wasn't.
2: Um, it was just a lot to take in.
0: That's honest. That's so good. It was, a,
2: it was an awesome experience.
0: And I think as you continue to go back, it continues. I've always thought for listeners that are new to the temple, I've always thought there's phase one of just getting used to all the logistics. And you get used to all the logistics and just the physical things that go on. there, just moving around. And then you can really get into just the content being shared with you in the spirit. It's not just comes in stages neatly like that. It kind of overlaps. But that's been my experience a little bit. And I love that you went to the temple. Um, and I love that you have those added blessings in your life. I think on the simplest forms, the temple is just more covenants. It's five more covenants that bring that bring blessings that are available to you in your life. And, you know, if you look back, I mean, I'm here's a question for you. You were in some really dark places in D.C. I don't know if that's been the darkest time of your life, but... Um, go back to the darkest time in your life. Let's say it's wherever you want to go and just talk to your younger self. Cause here you are at 42 where you are now, um, with you just in a good spot. Um, and maybe your younger self at some point didn't have hope that would ever happen. Um, this is kind of you talking to people also that have kind of lost hope or in a really dark spot. Just talk to your younger self right now.
2: The darkest spot was probably the drugs. With drugs. With
1: drugs, because um, I, I I did drink, but when I did drugs, I didn't drink. So that kind of so I, it it really wasn't in, it really wasn't until like I said, I, I moved to St. George, I completely stopped. Like I, I, I'll be honest, probably I was probably high when I got on the plane or coming down off of it. Um, uh, yeah. And, and then never thought that I had ever joined the church. I never thought that I would ever join the church. Um, And so I know that obviously, you know, God works in mysterious ways, and even though we may not understand things at the time, or we may not understand um, everything the gospel has to offer, that at some point it will be revealed. Um, I I think that's one
2: of the things that... kind of keeps
1: me going is is just you know i not i don't know everything and I, I probably won't maybe i might not even get married i mean who i don't know what's going to happen i don't know if policies are going to change all i know is that i know that the gospel is true i i know that that as long as i um keep my covenants that um as hard as it is sometimes um you know not thinking of it as during enduring to the end like as a long thing but just taking it day by day um I mean, going back to that place where I was
2: at in DC was really
1: dark. Um,
2: um, yeah. I mean, I. I mean, I. It was really bad.
0: Um. You know, for any of us, we've all sort of been in those D.C. moments and really dark places. And I, sometimes we have to physically get on a plane, but sometimes that's symbolic of what we need to do to get ourselves in a better situation. And um, look at where you are now. I think if you could have seen your younger self could have seen you now, I wouldn't believe it. Um, obviously, you know, a member of the church, been through the temple. In a really good spot, this patriarchal blessing that talks about you accepting callings and blessing people's lives, which I'm sure happened in St. George and will happen in Montana as your local congregation becomes more familiar with you and puts you to work and you help us create Zion. But I love your courage to get on the plane and in that case to physically separate yourself and knowing what you need to do and recognizing that that was a great unknown to lie to St. George, Utah. Um, but the courage it took to do that and wondering, you know, you're leaving a lot behind. And I think that's symbolic of what sometimes all of us need to do as we're moving forward. And where you are now, talk about, you know, a lot of gay Latter-day Saints, they say, I don't know my future. I sometimes they'll get asked, well, do you think you'll ever marry a man if you're gay or, um, a lesbian or a gay woman? Or would you ever marry a woman? Um, and some say, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to just be alone the rest of my life solo. But some say, I'm just taking this at a day at a time. Don't, you know, I just don't know completely how my future is going to fold. But I'm willing to live, the, you know, the teachings of the church right now. I'm willing to get baptized and say, I'll live the teachings of the church. But I can't, I don't necessarily know exactly my entire future at this moment. I'm just going to do the best I can. Kind of do you want to address that of just how you're navigating that um, uh,
1: so i literally i i obviously i i live in the middle of nowhere um, <laughs> and um yeah, it's taking a it day at a time, and I think that um I need to concentrate on studying more. Um, and, and when that time comes or if that day happens, then it happens. Um, but, um,
2: you know, it's just this, it's just that
1: It just for me is I need to study and to continue to study and, um, and continue reading, you know, the Book of Mormon, the Bible, Doctrine and Covenants, and, and just just study. And um, I, I don't know what, I honestly don't know. But I would love to be in a relationship and, and have somebody to study with, come follow me with. Um, I know people in the church that are in a living situation. I'm not sure how that works out. But um, I know I know that, however that works, um, you know, I just I just take it day by day. It's a That's great really all I can do.
0: It's a great answer, Steve. And I I think you're pretty self aware of just what is best for you right now. And I think just continuing to get grounded as you're doing in the church and in the teachings and just building this foundation. I think all the building blocks are there with the temple and the baptism, but I think you're self-aware enough to sort of say, this is what I need to continue to do is build my foundation. Um, I love that you're studying, you know, come follow me and watching the videos. And I I hope that this new ward works out for you. And there's a real feeling of belonging there like there was in St. George. And, and then I think it's okay for... You know, even though I asked Steve that question, I think it's okay for us as as Latter-day Saints not to look at every celibate in the church a Latter-day Saint that's gay or lesbian and just continually wondering, are they going to stay in the church or are they going to end up in a same-sex marriage? Let's just sort of, it's probably not our business, even though I asked you the question, let's just love them where they are and support them where they are and trust them as they make their way forward and not define our relationship with them over this question and and just tr- just trust them as they're making their forward they'll continue to make the right decisions for them and um it takes great courage to join the church not knowing exactly how your future is going to work out it and i think it's a good I, I think it's a good thing you join the church no matter how your future works out and i would say it's a good thing you were went through the temple no matter how you're future works out, I think those just give you added spiritual foundations and tools and blessings in your life to make your way forward. So I wouldn't want to add a baptism question to are you willing to keep the teachings of the church today and for the next 80 years? I mean, it's sort of inferred you're going to do your best, but I think we just extend the grace that you're obviously going to teach teachings of the church as you're baptized, but you may not know exactly how it's going to work out over the next 50 years. And how church policies may change over the next 50 years. And maybe you'll be alive in 50 years. You'll be 92 to tell us how it all worked out. (laughs) Um, So it's just a complicated space, listeners. And I, I love that Steve's in the church. And I love that we're trying to make, we're trying to listen, we're trying to learn, we're trying to create a feeling of belonging that actually we're better off with Steve. He's better off, but we're better off. And as I come back to your patriarchal blessing, let's make the promises of your patriarchal blessing possible um, for people that are in your life to give you the opportunities that talks about some of those will come informally like a podcast you're doing now or just the outreach you're doing on social media, but some of them will come in a formal way in church callings that you receive. and I've and your ability to help other people understand the church and because you are a convert. Sometimes convert voices are the very best voices for others that are considering joining the church. And there's a lot of LGBTQ people out there that are investigating our church right now um, because of the things that you're drawn to. And um, so that's a good thing, I think. And there's people in the church that can relate to them and sort of be a little bit further down this path. Uh, More things. We're kind of to the end of the time, but I want to, Make sure that we've got everything you'd like to share. Other thoughts that come to your mind, you'd like to share, Steve? Yeah,
1: I, I think the, the church has changed. I mean, twenty years ago, when I when I was investigating or, or you know talked to the missionaries and they got the flip charts out, I didn't join. And a lot of things have changed over the last twenty years. And I, I, I you know. It, it's just having that faith. It's, I, I know I said it before, it's, you know, it's easier said than done. You know, I could tell you all day, you know, I, I'm, my faith is strong and stuff like that. And, you know, it, and there are times that it's difficult and there, it, there's going to be difficult times. And I know that, but I know that as long as I, have faith and i you know i read scripture i do devotionals i i watch byu tv i watch you know i i I just try to you know listen to you know church music try to just keep myself um um occupied with the gospel and that that kind of helps and that helps me anyway um and, uh, I mean, again, it, it's not easy, never will be, but nobody said it was going to be. I think Alma 3737 37 is my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures. And, um, it's just, you know, continually praying, um, day and night, um,
2: And there there's a couple other ones. There's uh, at Ether 127. Um,
1: it, it's so it, there's I just I love the gospel. You know, it may be hard sometimes, um and difficult, but I, I'm I wouldn't be where I I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for it. Um,
2: I just, I
0: wouldn't. It's a great closing testimony, Steve. And I joined my testimony with your testimony, this beautiful restored doctrine that came to the restoration is blessing your life. And it's blessing my life and, and it's blessing millions of other people's lives. And um, you know firsthand that your life is very different than it was in Washington, D.C. And c- credit to you for doing the, the things you needed to do to be where you are now. And I think that makes the rest of your life possible because you have this great foundation now. And you still want to continue to build on this foundation. I love your faith-based testimony. I just pulled up um, Steve's Facebook page and he's got a picture of of Steve and looks like four missionaries or four friends is... You're standing outside the temple. Uh, I mean, you just look great. And I love what you put in your profile. Loves the Book of Mormon. Talks about our Savior's atoning sacrifice for us. And you're all in, Steve. Um, And you look great. And this is a great podcast. And it will be, I will just, you know, we're friends now for life. I will just enjoy seeing how your life unfolds. And I sort of think this is a huge pivot point, obviously. And a lot of your you know, post-Washington DC life is unfolding, but especially now being in a church and just gone through the temple and the next, you know, next chapters of your life are going to be great chapters. And I think the promise of that patriarchal blessing will be one of the key parts of the next chapters. And that will be helpful and healing to you to know that you're able to help other people and people will connect with you on this podcast. Listeners will link to Steve's Facebook page in the podcast description so you can find Steve on Facebook and message him if you want to connect with him. And is that okay if we do that, Steve? Yeah, that's fine. So we'll do that so you can find Steve and and um, perhaps he can help you in your journey. So this is Richard Osler. We're recording this on a Sunday. Um, good day. And Richard Osler and Steve, now i got to say your name right again. I'm not going to say Haworth. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. All right. So we're signing off for another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love.